here, here we, we go. Go, 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 We are back, baby. What is up, everybody? And welcome back to another episode of the Neat on Belly podcast. We are your hosts, Nate and John. And not Brandon. That's okay. Yeah, he's coming. Coming, coming summer 2020. He's gonna surprise you guys. You're gonna be like, what? Brandon's back? What? John, today we are gonna recap UFC 288 and still, baby. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Can't wait to talk about it. I'm excited for this one. We are then gonna get you guys set up with our picks and predictions for this Saturday's UFC fight night. Jairzinho Rosenstroik versus Jelaton Almeida. And as always, and per usual, all the news and happenings in and around the world of mixed martial arts. But first, John, not going to act like I didn't almost just start the episode without recording there. (laughs) That would have been a disaster off top. It's been a weekend. Yeah, (laughs) we've done. I mean, here's the thing. Yeah. Any mistake you can think of, we've done it before. Yeah, I just hope that's not like kind of where we're already heading for this episode. (laughs) Here's the thing. Now we get to start fresh, man. Yeah, we do get to start fresh. Um busy weekend an exciting mm-hmm. weekend as we did hit another great episode of the live kickback show yes, over sir. on uh the mma underground's youtube channel if you don't know uh the friday night before every ufc pay-per-view we now do a live pre-fight show on the mma underground's youtube channel it's a blast man mm-hmm. honestly like when we were when we got done i think you even said like right off top like this is just so much fun yeah. i mean it's fun to interact um we enjoy getting people in the chat uh, and just getting everybody's perspectives it's so different um because like when we're doing you know previewing fights like we will today with Ro- uh, rosenstroik and almeida you know it's just our thoughts and our opinions mm-hmm. and but it's so nice to get instant reactions from other people and and i mean a lot of people as we'll get to in a minute, disagreeing with me on a lot of picks, <laughs> and that's fair, that's fine. Uh, yeah, but your boy was right. Uh, but anyways, um, but no, it, it, but it's fun, and I, I do love it, and it, it offers something so different. So make sure you don't miss the next one. Mm-hmm. Like probably one of the coolest things that we do um, is these are these live shows. I mean these these weekly episodes are awesome. Don't get me wrong, but it's just a different. Yeah, and it's so much more like we called it the kickback. Obviously, the play on you know just kicking whatever MMA whatever, but. It's genuinely just we're just so relaxed. Mm-hmm. Like we talked, we had we had the one FC fight nights uh, fights playing. It yeah. was almost like a little watch along as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just like three guys just chilling, talking fights. Um, so make sure you get in the next one. Yeah, and if you guys were missing Brandon, you missed him again because if you were on Friday, you'd have yep. got some your dose of Brandon. Brandon man. was on, and you can still. I mean, here's the thing: the whole episode is centered around what's already happened. So I'm mm-hmm. not suggesting that you go back and watch it. If you want to, we would love for it. You know, maybe you can just get a taste of what it is mm-hmm. um so you can go um to uh mma underground's youtube channel click the live tab and you can re-watch it um we just gave our all of our picks and predictions for the whole main card mm-hmm. and uh, one prelim fight for ufc 288 but the next one will be friday june 9th the night before ufc 289 which is headlined by amanda nunez versus now irene aldana and charles Oliveira versus benil dariush i cannot yeah. wait for this card um We'll give plenty of reminders, so uh, you know, don't feel like you have to. But 9:30 p.m. the night before the big fights, uh, 
just come get involved, man. And come if you guys got fun. anything you want to ask us or hear us talk yeah. about, save them. Bring them into the chat. I, I run the chat. I let you guys, I'll read them out. I interrupt all these guys because we want to hear what you guys, I mean, we ramble on a lot. We yeah. do it on this. We do it in real life. We love to get your guys' feedback and just be yeah. able to talk about different things. And, and, and that was like really one thing like we focused on for this one was even if we were in the middle of something, you know, you kind of gave the like nod of like, you know, somebody wrote and we'll stop because like yeah. we really, it is more about interacting because again, we're fans fans just like everybody else and we want as many fan reactions as possible so uh make sure like i said you get involved in that next one friday june 9th 9 30 p.m the night before ufc 289 and this is the main and co-main event who knows if they'll stay together we don't even know i hope so <laughs> with, with, event, with our track so. record yeah yeah it is we'll get to that in the news uh but before john we get to mm -hmm. ufc 288 race sub follow let the people know yes sir so um if you guys have been with us you already know this but if you're new if you have apple Podcasts or spotify and you're listening to us there uh, you can give us a five star you can leave us a review on apple Podcasts. that helps us out a ton on our social medias neon belly podcast that's instagram that is tiktok that's our youtube uh, on twitter we're neon belly pod we've been doing a lot of uh, live reaction tweeting from for about the fights um if you're looking for the these uh, episodes i always put the link out on that now so if you need to get the link tree from there you can do that so it just really helps us out a lot and as we keep growing and start bringing eyes to here it can just make things get a lot bigger absolutely let's get into it ufc 288 from newark new jersey and uh if you weren't on the live chat friday you wouldn't have known do i even tell people mm. about the little fun fact we had i mean a lot of people got to know for like two days now, so that's true. Two or three. Home days of now. the Oreo cream filling. Oh, that's all I'll say. Yeah. Invented in Newark, New Jersey. You can go. You can go watch and get your info for the rest of it. But John, in our main event. <laughs> Aljamain Sterling defeating Henry Cejudo via. Split decision. We'll talk about that. Not happy about the split decision yeah. there, but what a performance by Aljo. A close fight with some close rounds. I had it possibly 4-1. Totally okay if it would have been 3-2, which I think is what the, the two mm -hmm. other judges had it. Uh, for Aljo, either way, for Aljo, hands down. Um, kind of crazy, again, that one judge scored that for Henry. I, I don't see it. I have not rewatched it, but man, that did not feel like a good representation of that fight. Um, but as I said on our Friday Night Live show, the reason I picked Aljo was I genuinely felt like he was in his fighting prime, or is in his fighting prime right now. Um, and I felt like that was the only certain thing going into this fight, given Henry's layoff. Um, and all the uncertain things that do come with a uh, returning fighter. It's like the one thing that I think I could have counted on going in is like, and I even said it on Friday is it still may not be enough. Aljo's best in his prime may not be enough to be a returning Henry Cejudo. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Uh, but I think exactly what we saw here was kind of where I was thinking. I know you picked Aljo as well. Brandon obviously picked Henry. Um, but I just think Aljo even for being in his prime, continues to look better every time we see him. And I told you too last night, that was a true champion's performance. Staying locked in all five rounds in a close fight, which could have went either way, um, especially down the stretch there towards the end. He loses one more round or has another close round. You never know. I mean, you see one judge even mm -hmm. still gave it for who, uh, Henry there. Um, and it's not easy to do as a champion to stay locked in like that. We've seen it recently with other dominant champs um, losing and, and and right there in the fifth round uh turning off and getting caught or knocked out or whatever and 
Um, I just don't any. I just don't think anyone can doubt this guy after this fight. Um, in my opinion, we'll get to that a little bit more. But your thoughts on the fight and the decision overall? Yeah, man, I, I'm with you. I, I had Aljamain winning as well. Also, also like four one or three two for sure. Um, I just felt like Henry was never able to get his game going mm-hmm. for like consistently, even through a whole round, let yeah. alone for multiple rounds. Every time that it would get close, maybe Aljo, you know, would get on his back or yeah. you know, land some big punches and stay out the way. Aljo never stayed in an area very long. Yeah. Um, he started off very, very quick. Um, yeah. We've seen Which that made me nervous. Yeah. It, yeah, yeah. I think you were going to get to it. Go yeah, ahead. but and we've seen that happen before, and him burn the, out the first yawn yeah. fight. Yeah, uh, and we've seen him get caught before. Yeah, um, but I was, think that's the progression, right? Yeah. Like again, like he can maybe he is in this new form where he can come out and get on guys early and do it for five rounds, as we kind of did see. So, mm-hmm. and I, I was saying before the fight started, like if Henry starts landing these leg kicks early, mm-hmm. there's a good chance this is a classic Henry Cejudo yeah. performance. But he was on his back foot the whole first round, and Aljo did a great job with leg kicks. Yeah, I eating up that lead leg of Henry's leg kicks, and he was just constantly using long strikes and just on him. Yeah, um, and then landed a big punch at the end of the first round yeah. um second round it kind of gets a little bit more even i think i had it one one mm-hmm. in the after the first and then i felt like um aljo just did a good job of just staying to the game plan yeah um i thought in the fifth round he could have used his jab and leg kicks a little more to stay yeah. out of those dangerous spots yeah but he survived yeah which is and like i said that's so important because we've seen it not work recently for very dominant champs um with way more you know five round and title experience mm-hmm. than aljo um we both did go with Aljo for this fight, but I even still with, you know, having picked Aljo, is there anything for you that maybe surprised you that Aljo did um, that maybe got like you like, cause I, I guess what I'm getting at is I was just genuinely shocked by the standup. I, I didn't, you know, I, I thought Henry had a significant advantage, but I felt like what Aljo did is he fought the fight at a range that just really complicated things for Henry. Mm-hmm. And he just really had a hard time getting inside. I also, and I said as well on Friday is I do think Henry can have some success with his wrestling, which he did. But and even what surprised me is I knew Aljo had the advantage on the ground, whether mm-hmm. he was on top or on bottom. But I was really surprised by he was how I don't want to say like how bad Henry was on the but Henry offered nothing offensively on the ground other no. than just kind of leaning, putting pressure on the head, and there was no attempts for submission or to change positions. Not even really a lot of ground and pound in there. Um, I felt like after the second round, Aljo was like, which I think helped the stand up. Cause then I think he was like, I don't care if this guy takes me down. Like he's, mm-hmm. he's got nothing on for me on the ground. So, yeah, you know, I've, I've never seen a wrestler give up a position on the ground. You to said that. And that's a good point. He yeah. let off that front headlock three or four times yeah. and he was trying to do like a, a power co- half. Kind yeah. Of, power yeah. half and put a lot of pressure on the neck, which yeah. the uh, uh, commentary just thought was the biggest game plan yeah. for that. But I've never seen a wrestler get get a guy on the ground and just let go. Yeah. And maybe he probably felt like he had the big stand up advantage, which a lot of people sure. did. We even was like, you know, you know, Aljo probably needs to get the scramble, get to the back. But well, I think that's what he's afraid. I almost wonder if he was just more like, look, I'm not doing much here. I don't want to give up position or risk getting caught in a scramble or something like well, that. Well, there was a couple times where Aljo was starting to get at the leg yeah. and grab the single, single or try yeah. to you know, get around to his back. So maybe that did make him nervous. But I think a big part of this is that we've never seen Henry fight somebody who could be a 45er. Yeah, well, and I, that's what I said. He's I, fought 35ers who could fight at 25. Yeah, and I said on Friday is another reason I went with Aljo is I felt like 
Henry had never fought anybody like Aljo. I'm not saying as good as Aljo, but like Aljo. Yeah. Big, aggressive, superior. I mean, top high, high level grappler, even to the point where, again, I said going into it is uh, an Olympic gold medalist had the striking advantage in a fight, which is because I thought Henry, mm -hmm. that was his advantage in this fight. But Aljo just way too good on the ground, I felt like for Henry, which I think kind of showed in this fight. Um, but I do want to say as well, and, and, and I want to add this is I don't think the layoff really hindered Henry much. It's not like he was, you know, absolutely outclassed at all in this fight. I think he had a great showing. He had some really good moments, landed some really nice shots, really clean shots. Um, it's just so tough to beat a guy like Aljo again, who I I think the way he's fighting right now, it's just, it's a tough ass coming out of three years of a layoff. And we talk about all the time how much the game changes. Yeah, it's um, been a huge jump, man. Again, and, and here I am, you know, I always accuse you of throwing your city kickboxing guys into everything. But again, I think it also taking a timeout is shows how impressive the John Jones thing was to kind of, mm -hmm. we've seen this now play out a lot where guys come back and it's so tough to come back from. Um, when the game changes right. a lot. Um, but I do think uh, Henry should continue to fight. He could probably beat a lot of guys in the top five, top ten, I think definitely. Mm -hmm. um, but I think it's a title shot or bust for Cejudo. I get that vibe. He kind of said that. He said he was confused at the moment. Didn't really know what he wanted to do at that time. Said he needed to talk to Dana. So he may be saying, like, look, if it's not Volk next or a uh, or a bantamweight that kind of guarantees him another title shot if he wins. At least that would probably be at the very least. I think he might bow out, move on. But you also really can't blame him. There's nothing more for him to prove in this combat sports career of his. Mm -hmm. uh, you know what he achieved through wrestling and MMA to be an Olympic gold medalist, to be a two divisional UFC champion. I mean, it may never be done again. Yeah. So I, I wouldn't blame him for moving on either. But I do want to say it's not like I thought Henry was like out of that fight. I mean, it was, there was a lot of yeah. close rounds. Well, and I think, you know, we talk about this in this new, like how we say things just evolve so quickly. When Henry was fighting and having the belt, I don't think the number seven guy was nearly as good as the number seven guy is now in these sure. divisions. And I think that, you know, people start catching up. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I did see on Twitter, Brandon Moreno did say that he would love a chance to fight him. He'd even be willing to go up to 35 to fight Cejudo in Mexico City or I, something. I mean, that would be big in terms of that, but I, I don't know because I don't see there. there's nothing in that for Cejudo. And he said he's not going back to 25. Yeah. Like, that's not an option. So I And he kind of said, if I'm not first, I'm last, which to me implies it's pretty much title or bust. Again, like yeah. he may try to talk his way into a Volk fight but given what we saw last night i mean even still i don't know what the ufc's appetite would be to see that no and i just feel like you have way too much going on at, at 45 unless you want to do like somebody like max holloway who doesn't have something going on like doesn't have a clear path to getting to the belt just yet yeah. and you want to do like a big fight that you can set up henry cejudo and max at 45 could be big yeah. but i don't know exactly what else he could do if it isn't kind of going back a little bit and grinding i think he's all you know some guys you know we talk about are you know they're about they get to a point in their career where it's just about big fights and, yeah. and big paydays and stuff that's i don't think that's henry i think henry's all about gold he's a competitor he's man. a competitor he wants to win um i think even above money even above legacy fights all that stuff henry wants gold around his waist and i think and you know when he talks to the ufc in a week or two i think it's going to be all about gold how do i get it can i get it and then he's going to make his decision from there i mean and we have a lot to talk about with what happens with this division yeah but when you have somebody like a marab there who's in a in the no, yeah. the void right now yeah it could be you know that's what i'm saying like somebody that guarantees him like if i if i bet on myself and go fight 
fighter number or ranked X, you know, somewhere in the top five, probably can I guarantee myself a title shot Would mm-hmm. the UFC be willing to guarantee him that with a win? You know, th- those are kind of the conversations I think they're going to, he's going to have, but we'll see. Yeah. Um, but let's get back to the champ. Um, is it time we start considering Aljamain Sterling as one of the best bantamweights of all time? He now holds the most UFC wins in the division, longest win streak in bantamweight history with nine straight victories, and he's now one title defense away from tying the bantamweight record for the most in the promotion. Um, I know there's been funky things that happen uh, in his in two of his title fights, mm-hmm. but what more does the guy have to do, right? I just think uh, with the win over Sean O'Malley, if there's still any doubts, then that has to silence them, in my opinion. But what do you think? Yeah, I mean, at this point, I think it's, um, I think we were at a similar point. It's obviously different trajectories, but with Kamaru, where it's like, you know, another win or so, and then obviously he ended up losing. Yeah. But um, it's it's getting really hard to argue against. I mean, the guy just keeps yeah. piling up things and, and even getting better. It's not right. even like he's beating people the same way yeah. every fight. He's just evolving and um yeah it's getting really hard to argue against the yeah. idea of it but i think what we've seen like with volkanovsky at featherweight and some other guys in some other weight classes is when you have polarizing guys like a uh, dominique cruz or tj dillashaw sometimes it's hard to get people to you know put somebody over sure. them especially like in a without having like a recency bias but aljo just he's beat tj dillashaw he's yeah. beating these records and he's i'm mean, beating henry cejudo right there's not there's only a handful of people that can say they've ever done that yeah it's mighty mouse yeah no i and that to me like you can say what you want about dillashaw you can say what you want about i mean how he got the title you know against mm-hmm. yawn and stuff like that but he even righted that i mean that second yawn fight to me leaves no doubt the dillashaw thing happened that's not Aljo's fault. That's Dillashaw's fault for coming in at, mm-hmm. you know, probably sub 50%, right, with the shoulder. Like, it was always going to happen. Not Aljo's fault. This Henry fight, to me, leaves no doubt. Like, mm-hmm. and, and and even the numbers, and that's kind of what I was getting at here, is even the numbers are starting to support Aljo being yeah. the best bantamweight of all time. You know, I know you said Cruz. I think Dillashaw. I would even put probably Hinn and Burrell really yeah. high up there that, on that list. I think he actually has the most title defenses. Because when you combine WEC and yeah, I think uh, T- UFC. Right. And, well, and TJ has the most uh, title fight wins in terms of like winning total, mm-hmm. but they weren't consecutively as to where I think Burrell did it on a streak, you know. Yeah. Um, and I will never Almost forget. Almost 20 fights. Yeah, I mean, Hinn and Burrell is a tough guy. To, I mean, people forget so fast, I think, because of how his mm-hmm. career kind of fizzled out there at the end. But this dude was, you know, when he, it was him and Jose for a while they were like one and two neck and neck and i think even by the end people were starting to look at burrow as even possibly the greatest Mm -hmm. you know of of that generation in terms of sub 155 pounds so yeah i just i don't think he's that far off man and even the numbers are starting and it's just crazy to me though that just it's just always excuses with people for him um but nonetheless i do i do think it's time to start really considering that especially if he beats sean o'malley so let's talk about what's next Mm -hmm. because as i mentioned Last night, Sean O'Malley got into the cage, essentially what appears to be setting up what would seemingly be the next challenge for Sterling's Bantamweight title. There was a lot of talk. Is he going to go to 45? Is he going to stay down? You know, May Rob is right there, his teammate, his best friend. Um, I love it. I love if 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 uh, Sterling wants one more at bantamweight. What better fight than him versus Sean O'Malley? Uh, Dana pretty much confirmed it last night in his post fight presser. Said it looks like it's going to be Boston in August, mm-hmm. um, which is funny. Yeah, talk about the irony there again, because in between, uh, I think it was rounds three and four or four and five. You know, TJ's coach uh, or trainer, Captain Eric, was like, uh, you know. Uh, 
August now, or August 19th right now, August 19th right now, and um, come to find out on commentary, they end up finding out that was not only the date that Henry won his Olympic gold medal, mm-hmm. medal August 19th, but that's also the date for the UFC Boston. So for Henry, man, again, it's like it's so tough because you're so happy for Aljo, but, you know, uh, regardless of the cringe stuff, just as a competitor, he was probably like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to beat Aljo, win the gold, then I'm going to defend it against O'Malley in Boston. In, you know, Bo- uh, Boston, you know, O'Malley's big there, obviously, with the Irish roots and mm-hmm. stuff like that, um, and it's going to be on the anniversary of when I won my Olympic gold medal, um, so to, now he can't do that, but yeah. Aljo, you know, but now Aljo gets to do it, so I don't know, I thought that was kind of ironic that they made it a point, like, that must have been of almost like a mantra for him oh yeah or a motivator and now aljo gets that opportunity but nonetheless dana white did essentially confirm that that, mm-hmm. that that's going to probably be the most likely date um and location so um again i love it i mean i'm, I'm sure you're fine with it oh, as yeah. well before I, we kind of get in well i think that for aljo um talking about wanting to go up you you got to see how that shakes out first mm-hmm. um because you do have somebody like a max holloway there yeah and some other people. So it's one of those things where, you know, although he wants to hand it off to Marab, you're not going to pass on a Sean O'Malley payday. I that think, fight is huge. Absolutely. Yeah, I think I was just about, you said it. Yeah, I think Aljamain Sterling versus Sean O'Malley is the biggest Bantamweight fight they can make right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean that from like, and that's major to even say because we, you know, we just did our, you know, rank the um, divisions right. and Bantamweight's our number one division in, in the whole organization. So there's a lot of talent there, a lot of guys to pick from, but Sean O'Malley versus Aljamain Sterling is the biggest fight they can make right now. So not shocked by yeah, it. And I, I, I'm not a huge fan of them bringing Sean into the cage because it got Dana real testy either. really quick. Yeah, Dana was like, I've definitely had better ideas than that. But it did provide the greatest <laughs> oh moment gosh. of the night. We have to talk about it. Jacket yeah. gate. <laughs> Uh, Sean O'Malley is wearing this Michael Jackson thriller jacket, yeah. no shirt under it, takes it off, Yeah, thinks he's passing it off to a friend. He passes it <laughs> to Marab. Who puts it on. Who puts it on and eventually just like jumps up on the cage and just starts flexing and stuff uh, yeah. with it on. Uh, then they get into a scuffle trying to return it. It was amazing. Uh, I'm not going to lie. May Rob Dwalishvili may be uh, the biggest winner from this weekend. Oh, I mean, he's just, it's that's one of those guys you just can't help but he's love that menace, guy. He's a menace, dude. Yeah, he's, like, he's amazing. He's and he's a good follow on uh, social media yeah. as well. And when things got started getting a little bit, you know, tense in the cage, I was like, "You guys have Marab in there, yeah." Who we've seen him on Twitter just like walk up to people street fighting and just like put his <laughs> yeah. camera out, like, "Hey, these guys are crazy." Yeah, like this dude's. I don't know, man. I, I wasn't a huge fan of that, but I also know, you know, you got to sell these fights. And yeah. Aljamain isn't like a huge, you know, trash talker sure. for the most part, and he kind of has a more clean cut thing. Sean O'Malley obviously is great with promo, so yeah. I will say for two guys, it's exciting. As fun as I think this fight is, and it makes a ton of sense, for two guys that do seem to have weird things happen in their fights, it does make me a little bit nervous for this matchup. You know, Sean O'Malley has, I mean, like I said, you go through his record, you could almost say the same thing about him as a lot of people say for Aljo is, oh, he only wins, you know, injuries and just so many different things. So it will be interesting. Mm -hmm. I hope, I hope, you know, kind of like when we get two wrestlers, right, and the wrestling cancels out, I hope when we get two guys that kind of like have these weird freaky injury things or stipulations. Yeah, hopefully we get a super clean fight, a fun fight, Uh, but since I so we kind of know what's next so there's nothing in my opinion to talk about there but since we know it's probably Aljamain Sterling versus Sean O'Malley next what does that mean for the rest of the USC Bantamweight division let's talk about it because this is something that we've been putting off 
because we keep saying we have to wait and see what happens here in this fight, right? We've been saying mm-hmm. it for months. Like, we can't really book anybody now because there's like four or five guys who could all have a, a stake at the title. Uh, but we we will now know, uh, we, but we do now know who won. Excuse me. So, may Rob Dwalashwili, Corey Sanhagen, Song Yudong, Rob Font, how much do, th- or how do they match these guys up next to get our next contender? Man, and and we also have you know depending on what Henry wants to do, yeah. if he just fought for a title, I wonder what happens with him on getting into these rankings. So I had that as well in my notes. Is I do think Henry's an outlier in that. You know, mm-hmm. you, you do have to submit that as a possibility. You know, um, I think if he wants to, as I mentioned, he could still compete at the top of this division and be very competitive. But before you give, you know, kind of how you would book, I will say. If Henry wants a big fight that I do think maybe isn't against one of these four, um, but could get him probably because he's Henry Cejudo, right? There is guys, unfortunately, with, you know, but I think it would be a great matchup and there is a bit of a story and back and forth there. Him versus Piotr Jan yeah, would be that's pretty what I was fun. Yeah. And Jan is still four. Despite yeah. losing four in sure. a row, he's still four. Absolutely. So, it makes sense. Um, but yeah, so again, my Rob, Corey, Song, and Rob Font, how do you match these guys up all on wins, all right there in the top five to six? I think Rob's six. I mean, I think you kind of said it in the order that it'd probably be. Probably. I think you do. Personally, though, I love the idea of, you know, mixing things up and um, putting, because, I mean, you don't know how long all this is going to take and sh- to shake out. Yeah. But Marab and Sanhagen makes the most sense, especially with Sanhagen already beating Song. Yeah. Um, and then Rob and Song Yudong, who's not going to, you know, sign up to watch that? It's That's going to be a great matchup. And, and why do Sanhagen Song, like, why rematch that when you don't have to? You've got right. so, you know, it'd be different if there was no other options. But it is like, may Rob and Corey, come on. Song and Rob, come on. Yeah. I mean, you could put them on the same card. I mean, to me, it writes itself a bit, but. I'm with you. I think yeah, that's the way it, to do it. And then in between that, you have Jan and you have Cheeto, and then under that, you have Dom Cruz. And and the only reason I didn't include those guys is, I mean, all of them, again, you know, with a win could be right back in it, but they're all on losses. So it's hard mm-hmm. to, you can't pass these four who are obviously coming off of wins. But like we said, with Piotr Jan right there, Henry Cejudo, Marlon, Cruz, there is so many even still good fights with guys who are coming off of losses. Yeah. So And there is a wild card of Umar because they've been flirting with trying like to push Push him, him up, hard, yeah. and you know, I don't, I don't think Henry Sudo is signing up for that. But yeah. if some of these other guys don't get the matchup they want, um, I mean, you could they they love a situation like that. So I agree, John. In our co-main event, Bilal Muhammad defeats Gilbert Burns via unanimous decision. When are you and Brandon going to start? Stop down, man. <laughs> Come on, Come on. I try, I try putting you guys on game. You don't want to listen. Never a doubt for me. It's different. It's difficult, man, because I, I think that... I will say, real, real quick, a bit of... Obviously, let me set that up a little better, because there is a bit of uh, some unfortunate circumstances with this fight, and not just from Gilbert, and that's what I think needs to be remembered. Bilal, limping around all week, did confirm in his post-fight he was injured, mm-hmm. wouldn't go into detail about it, but it was obvious, right? The ankle seemed to be swollen. Right. We saw it in picks. You saw him at the ceremonial weigh-ins, having a hard time getting up and down the scale, walking into the arena, limping. Then the fight starts. It becomes apparent very early uh, that Gilbert's left shoulder was compromised. Uh, So by round three, we had what appeared to be two guys dealing with injuries. So what it sounds like is, I think it was in the first round when Gilbert shot, 
Great level change by Gilbert, um, but good defense by Bilal to defend it, get that mm-hmm. wizard in, use his hips, get his hips back, whatever, um, and then get back up. And it sounds like Gilbert injured that shoulder posting on yeah. that takedown right there in the first round. Um, but Bilal was able to find a way to get it done, man. And, and you yeah. know, nobody comes into fights 100%. Injuries happen in the fight. Um, again, going back to a guy like Sean O'Malley, we've seen people injured in fights, and they still find ways to win. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think Blau deployed a great game game plan, switching stances right from this offer, you know, right from the beginning, which maybe was attributed a bit to that ankle injury. You know, it, it was obvious, right? He probably knew Gilbert was going to target it, um, but those left body kicks started to add yeah. up. Then when he knew the right arm was compromised right there in the fourth round, he started kicking that. Um, but I think those body kicks, regardless of the injury from Burns, were always going to add up. Mm-hmm. Um, Gilbert's just a dog, man. Dug so deep, kept trying to find a way to win. You could tell he wanted to quit, you know, in, in terms of like mentally, but he mm-hmm. kept forcing mentally, getting back to, I guess, more mentally. He kept pushing himself through it. Uh, but nonetheless, remember the name, John, because we now have a new welterweight number one contender, and his name is Bilal Muhammad. Your thoughts? Yeah, man, I, it is unfortunate. Um, because unlike, um, you know, Bilal with the ankle, he was still able to kick it and use it. Gilbert, even trying to just parry punches or just grab the leg, just had to let it go because that left but arm it, was but, just but, but it can't be a discussion of whose injury was worse. Like, and, that, and that to me is what it's like driving me so nuts, like seeing stuff today is you can't start. It's like can't be like, well, my injury was worse than your injury. It's like, you know, people are not, not the guys are saying that, but, you know, like fans and stuff are like, you know, kind of what you're saying, but that can't be the agenda. But can you tell me there's a difference if, if – Bilal couldn't even walk on that leg. But we don't know. I mean, But he was moving. He was moving. Gilbert wasn't able to use that left arm at all. I mean, but we don't know. I mean, I'm not saying... He tried. But but who's to say... You don't know the pain that Bilal was in every step. Right, but he was still able to use it. That's all I'm saying. He still was able to use all his tools. Gilbert wasn't. But again, you can't sit and say it can't be that injury was where... I mean, and like, here's what... And this is what drives me nuts, too, is so many... Like, you go back to like when Connor broke his leg in half. Nobody was like, oh, uh, Poirier only won that because Connor broke his leg. It was just like, Connor said that. Well, right, but well, no, I'm just saying like it. But it, the thing is, oh no, Poye checked that kick, and that's why he did it. So why don't we say, oh, but Poye got finished, or Poye got the finish. But I'm saying Bilal came in with an injury. Gilbert's happened in the fight. So why can't we sit here to say uh, today and say, well, Bilal just defended that takedown too really good. He had a nice tight wizard, forced Gilbert to post out on that shoulder. I, you know, what I, and it's even like a TJ Dillashaw. We know he came in with it. There's nothing that at least came out today that Gilbert came in with that injury that could come out right. after this episode. But I'm saying if it happens in a fight, it's just a part of the fight. But that's why I'm saying it's unfortunate because <laughs> to to be in there because like at the end of the day, some guys would have wouldn't even uh, came back out off of the the. The sure, stool, sure, because that's he, he was ha- handicapped the whole fight, and I and I and I give Gilbert credit for that. I mean, he's a dog, and he did keep right. coming. But I'm just saying, like, I just hate this like story, um, the this um, like story that people are trying to or not story. What's the word? Um, you know, this headline of like, oh, he only won because of. But it's like, dude, you don't know how bad that ankle was. I mean, sure, I mean, who knows how hard Bilal had to dig deep just to do what he did? We don't right. know. You know, I mean, even still in his post fight, you could tell he really didn't want talk about whatever happened but i mean it just that can't be and like i said he came in with it and then again maybe we find out gilbert came in but when it happens in a fight like i said or um who was it to uh yair and um 
Yair Rodriguez and Ortega. and Ortega, where it's like, oh, you know, his uh, defense there or him pulling on the arm separate. Like, sure, like, I mean, I'll give that. That's fair. But I'm just saying, so you can't make excuses and other things and then say, like, oh, well, Bilal right, just but, defended the takedown, which led to the posting of the arm, which broke the shoulder. It's but a part with of the that fight. Yair and Ortega fight afterwards, I remember you saying, like, oh, well, that's not a big definitive thing because there was, we don't know how that happened. It wasn't a legit submission. Absolutely. But I do believe I came back because after I saw it and, I, and I'd have to go back and listen to that episode but i do remember after seeing it and you actually saw the like pulling of it and stuff um where yeah that could have separated his shoulder mm -hmm. but but again i'm just saying i'm not i'm not saying that like oh this is right or this is wrong in terms of how you see it but i'm just saying you can't make an excuse for something like that and i because i just feel like there's an agenda to hate Bilal more than anything right. and i well, don't and, and i say that to say that i've had a weird a relationship with how I view Bilal's fight sometimes because like and we've talked about it with the Luke fight it felt like Luke was the better fighter and Bilal finds a way finds a way to beat him it didn't feel like he was like taking the fight from him but see that happens I do think there is cases in mixed martial arts where a better fighter sometimes loses but it doesn't happen nine times in a row and to me this is the case with Bilal and I think this is where like I just don't get it is I, I find the hate towards him to be really weird, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. I think you you read a tweet that Luke Thomas said, and I think he said it best, and I think he's fair, this is fair, is um, you read it last night, but it was something to the extent of uh, maybe this win doesn't silence the Bilal doubters, and, and Luke said, is, you know, that's fair to an extent. Um, but for me, it's like, it's not like this guy doesn't continue to get better though. Every time right. he's in there and, and you can't deny, I think Luke even said the, the progression that he made, that he has made in his standup. Mm -hmm. Oh, by the way, he's coming in off of Ramadan, took this fight on three weeks notice. Plus he agreed to a five round co-main event. Mm -hmm. Plus he walked in there with an injury. Um, but did all of that just to attempt to further leave no doubt in people's minds on who's next for the title. He's unbeaten in now 10 straight fights. Nine of those victories, obviously, there was the one weird draw with Leon. Mm -hmm. um, so I guess, like I said, I just don't understand the hate because even if you want to say this one, like, oh, I'm going to silence, the, you know, oh, you know, there's an excuse or built into it. What about the last eight? Right. I mean, you can't... you. Everybody in mixed martial arts today is good. We're gonna get to it in a fight here in a minute. It does like there's guys on the regional scene uh, that we see that sometimes could probably come in and compete with top mm -hmm. ten guys in the UFC. Everybody's good. So to go nine, ten fights unbeaten is insane. No mm -hmm. matter what level you're at, what your competition is, and that's what I don't understand. Like clearly he's good, right. and there is cases maybe where somebody's a better fighter, and maybe some of them have been Bilal's, but you don't do that nine, ten times no, in a for row sure. without being a good fighter that now. 100% deserves a title shot. And, right. and that's where I just get so irritated and frustrated. Yeah, and, and I think it's just... And this is also... Uh, I just watched this less than 12 hours ago. Oh, absolutely. And, yeah, you I know, mean, I'm still trying to digest it. And if I go back and watch yeah. it, maybe I change my tone um, yeah. a little bit. And I still think that he he did the per the fight he needed to do. He yeah. he put on a perfect Bilal performance. He did make progressions. Um, he didn't have to worry about the grappling because he wasn't able to get down there. Yeah. Um, and he outstruck Gilbert Burns. Yeah. So there is that side of it. I just feel I just still it, you know. 10 hours removed, I still kind of feel a little bit weird about just the feel of the fight. Cause like when you, when you have, even with both of them being hurt, you just kind of feel cheated as a fan, not being able to see both of them at their fullest, like, sure. you know, presenting their best form, but whatever forms in there is the only one you can bring. And yeah, Blau did it in one. He's the, t you know, yeah. number one contender now, but he can't, you can't control circumstances <laughs> like that in a fight. And I think that's all I'm saying. And, and, and even like, you know, you saying the thing with Yair and Ortega is like, 
sure, there's probably cases where I've said differently. Um, but you know, seeing, I think Bilal's case, this whole thing around, you know, the hate, like I said, that he gets, mm-hmm. it's like, it's really shown me. So even if I've, if you could go back and find cases where I've been like, Oh, well, if it wasn't for the injury, you know, and, yeah. and there, sure. There's examples. And there's other it. guys who got it. Benil Darush has been out here beating everybody sure. for, you know, same amount, eight, yeah. nine fights and people just still aren't really buying into and it. I don't get it. And yeah. And it's just, <laughs> I, I think it's just yeah. weird cases of how people perceive the yeah. fights or even just that person's personality yeah because everything that i just pretty much said about wow i probably could insert benil's name in right there and i'm is, huge on yeah on benil so it's yeah. like it's it's just a a weird thing of perspective but i do think that you know for Bilal to put this streak on the line in a in a situation like this yeah against a guy who's been surging and beating people um has fought the champion before yeah. and gilbert burns um, and who's had great performances his past two sure. was really gutsy by him with all the other things as well. Right. So to pull it out, all the credit to him for sure. It's just, yeah. I still think that like getting over, like I was, I'm big on Burns so, and I was really thinking he was going to do really good job in this fight. So when you see the things go out that way as a Burns fan, I'm just a little bit disappointed that and I, it and got I, to there. And I get that. And I think a lot of people obviously had Gilbert in that fight, but again, you can't then just be like, oh, well. If he wasn't in, I mean, I get it's your guy, but you also yeah. can't just be like, no, that's what I'm saying. ignore he, the fact that um, Bilal made the most of an opportunity. Right. And, and Gilbert did too. Like, again, if even if Gilbert came in with the injury, like Bilal, like that's the risk you inherit. But, and I don't, and even again, like this isn't, Gilbert deserves just as much credit for taking this fight, whether he came in with an injury or not, because again, it was short notice for him. Right. He agreed for a five round fight. Like I can make almost the short same. notice and third time in a month exactly. or whatever. His third time. That's his third fight this year in 2023. And it's only May. Like yeah. that's crazy. So again, so much credit to Gilbert. He's a dog. He's going to be fine. I still think Gilbert is one of the best welterweights in the world. Mm-hmm. And, um, I really hope, whether it's against Bilal, whether it's against Leon, I really hope we see Gilbert Burns challenge for a title again mm-hmm. um, before it's all said and done because he's a phenomenal talent. and um, for, Super good guy. I don't know if you've seen his oh, like post-fight stuff. Like, they both are. Bilal, yeah. Bilal was in Canada doing charity work yeah. when they called him to fight, and he's like, I guess I'll go home. You know what I mean? Like, And I, we said it on Fridays. Like, These are two guys you always should root for. Mm-hmm. Um, good guys in the sport. They do things the right way, and... Um, yeah, Bilal just so happened to you know make the most of the opportunity. So in, in a division that has some strange characters, it's, 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 it's interesting to have those. But John, we're almost forty minutes in, brother. We got to speed. This is this is gonna, a, we're, we're going long. We got to speed. We still got a fights to preview and news uh, to get to. Yeah, let's hit it, John. Yan Shao now defeats yes, Jessica Andrade via first round knockout. Yes, sir. Boy, was I wrong about this one. Wow. Yes, sir. Uh, this was probably, not probably, this was the biggest shocker on this card for me, hands down. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt like every fight was a coin flip. If you listen to our Friday episode, this is where Nate's picks got really died. This is where I was like, I think even in this fight, I'm like, gosh, if Andrade doesn't win this, I'm so unsure about my next two picks that this might be a bad, we might be like, I might've beat you for the worst week ever. Right. Um, and you know, so when this happens, I'm like, oh gosh, <laughs> um, I felt everything that happened in this fight was exactly what we would see from Jessica Andrade. Mm-hmm. You know, I thought she would win the striking engagements. I thought she was going to knock her out in round one. Um, 
like I said, could not have been more wrong. Um, I guess you picked you picked mm-hmm. Jan. You were the only one out of all of us. I think maybe the only one in the world that picked Jan. Shout out. No, <laughs> I've actually saw a lot of people that picked Jan. But uh, so just your thoughts on the performance and uh, Jan Shanao now gets her first ever UFC finish, but also gets the biggest win of her UFC career. Yeah, I mean, you know, we talked about last night. At one point, she was number three, and people really weren't talking six, about she her. She came in and won. Well, she came in and won six straight, and I think she that was you know obviously the peak of it, and then you know lost the two straight, which you know was. Mm-hmm. Rough look for her. So, and in those fights, you know, she wasn't. It's not like she's getting like knocked out and dominated. Yeah. They were, you know, good fights for her. But I think you're just seeing an evolution. Her hand speed felt like two times faster than what Andrade was putting out. Yeah. And I did feel like maybe there was, you know, there's something to fluctuating weight so much. Like Andrade did not look ready for the gear that Shao put on her. Yeah, just not. Again, same. It's almost like Andrade picked up right where she left off from Blanche with Blanchefield, and you know, I, I just, I, it's really tough to see because again, I think I said it mm-hmm. Friday, but I'll, if I didn't, I'll say it now is Jessica Andrade is one of the greatest female fighters of all time, yeah. regardless of weight. Um, something just not clicking there needs to hit the reset button, I think, and kind of really re redefine her game and, and find just a different, more options. You know, you, you, these f- women in this sport are way too talented just to come in and think, you know, you're just going to loop left hands over the top or rock them or whatever. And but credit to Yan because I, I did not see this from Yan Shanown. She's found another gear there at Team Alpha Male, best version of her, I think, hands down. We've seen. Yeah, it was very reminiscent to Fabricio and Stipe because yeah. Andrade was just chasing her really trying to get those big that big mm-hmm. shot and just walked right into a right hand absolutely they did mention a title shot between her and her country mate and champion Zhang Wei Li um I almost think how do you not yeah honestly uh it'd be a massive fight and what better time to do that now I don't think we've ever had a Chinese uh, two Chinese fighters competing for mm-hmm. UFC gold so it'd be history in that uh way and uh just to give Zhang and somebody a fresh shot at that title and I mean coming off of a win like that the iron's hot let's strike yeah and somebody whose skill sets like oh I would love to see who like imagine both of them just standing in front of each other letting off seven punches yeah. at the speed that they fight man it would just be amazing Mobzari Voyov defeats Diego Lopez via unanimous decision, and those air horns are just as much for Diego Lopez as they <laughs> are for Mobzari yeah. Voyov. Uh, man, because Diego Lopez was like a plus 600 underdog, but somebody didn't tell him. Must not have told him. No. Must not have got the, the, the MO Couldn't there. see it over the bangs. Yeah. Really. The, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the clip for the week right there. <laughs> 30-27 is crazy for yeah. Mobzar. One judge scored it. No way. I mean, even into the at the end of the third there, I'm like, boy, Lopez may have just won that third round. There is a case for him to win. Super close third round. Um, Diego gave Mobzar all he could handle in round one. Rocked him on the feet. So close to finishing our armbar. Easily a 10-9 round for Lopez there. Then Mobzar came back. One round two really soundly with some really good ground and pound. I had it one round each going into the third, and man, what a close round that third round mm-hmm. was. I think, honestly, could if they read Lopez's name, I wouldn't have been shocked there. Mobzar had the control time and landed a little bit more, I think more of the significant strikes on the feet, mm-hmm. but Lopez was again attacking, had two submissions locked up in this round, ended in with the knee bar attempt, obviously. Mobzar was grimacing right there till the end, trying to get through those last 10 seconds, uh, but your thoughts on the fight and the decision? Yeah, I mean, I remember both of us saying like there's a chance that you know lopez pulls this out yeah um 
ESPN only has him credited for four sub attempts. I felt like it was at least yeah. six or like even the Kimura. He did that twice. Yeah. He left that arm in twice, and then he got to the knee bar, and that's just in the last round. Yeah. Um. Obviously, he got to um. What was it earlier? Um. In the first round, he he, he got the, close. Uh, uh, he had the arm bar. That yeah, was close, yeah. Real close on the arm bar. Um. Miles Rod definitely didn't think this was the fight he was going to get. Yeah, and I think for Miles Rod. Got to work on the jiu- the jujitsu. He admitted as much at least. Yeah, and positional awareness there. Um, he was making very white belt mistakes there Even on his the arm ground. In everywhere. Yeah, almost led to the armbar. Almost led to the kimura. You got to know when your limbs are in danger. Struggled there. passing as well. Absolutely. Um, I do wonder uh, what this fight fight would have looked like if Lopez had a full camp. Obviously, mm-hmm. remember Lopez took this fight on three or four days four days notice, mm-hmm. I believe. Um, this was also his UFC debut. Yeah. Um. And Against number 10. Against number 10, ranked flyweight, 16-0. and 0, the, the Kind of this guy that everybody thinks could be the next boogeyman of this division. Uh, Lopez's stock goes way up, mm-hmm. uh, even with the loss here. Um, and I think... Uh, he earned a ton of credit with the UFC on for not just stepping up, but also going out um, and performing the way he did. John, you said Giga Chikadze next for Mobzari Vloyov. Mm-hmm. I love that fight. Makes a ton of sense. Uh, Giga said he's ready to come back soon, and a fight like that makes a ton of sense yeah. in his featherweight division, I think. Yeah, and I'm you know as much as I was bummed to not be able to see Bryce Mitchell, I'm so glad we got to see. Yeah, I mean you it's know fun. yeah, yeah. I mean, and this yeah. guy I don't I don't think there's gonna be a lot of guys knocking on the door to say oh I'll take a shot at that Lopez guy because <laughs> yeah he was throwing I mean, heaters with that left. How do you give him a guy outside the top fifteen now? Yeah, I, I mean if you're a non I mean as competitive as the featherweight division is, if you're a non top fifteen guy, do you want that guy? Mm-hmm. You know, or if you're right there on the cusp of getting a ranking, do you want Diego Lopez now to try to get into the top fifteen? Forget about yeah. it. You know what I mean? Like, it's crazy. Um, next fight, John. Did you have something else? No. Okay, okay. Charles Jordan defeats Cron Gracie via unanimous decision. Uh, this was not even close. Seemed like target practice there by the third round for Jordan. I think the hardest thing here in talking about this fight is trying not to take away from what Jordan did. He deserves credit for a phenomenal striking performance and defensive grappling performance as well. Uh, but wow, what a shocking showing by Cron Gracie here. Not what I think either of us expected when we picked Gracie. Yeah, to talk win about this ultimate fight. cold takes. I told uh, if you, I, do, if you did turn in on Friday. Yeah, uh, we're sorry. We yeah, were very wrong. I told John. I said, uh, and this isn't a shot at Cron. I mean, we're not the guys going in there and fighting. But it was almost embarrassing as two guys that you know we do this, you know, once now even twice a week. You know, some weeks mm-hmm. uh, to miss this bad on a Cron Gracie. But again, you don't know what to expect. And, and our argument going for Cron was the specialist, right? Um, which we did know. The takedowns were going to be a discrepancy. I love what Santiq Yusef said of oh yeah going in and what was it? I, I don't said uh, going into a fight with just BJJ without wrestling is kind of crazy. Yeah, <laughs> and and I thought you said it best last. Which if you know Sadiq Yusef, reading right. that and the way he would say it is great. Uh, but I think you said it best last night uh, about how we just expected the time off. You would you thought Kron would have made the it's improvements a long time to the strike at least the striking defense right, not yeah. even the offense. If your game is to get it down, you know work on your defense. You don't need to get better. I mean, I guess you could always get better, but you're a high-level grappler. Just get better at the striking defense. Find a way to get the ground to the the fight to the mat without pulling guard. Um, he knew his holes coming in or coming off the Cub loss three years ago, and like you said, you would have thought he worked on him. Instead, it seemed almost to have regressed a little bit in, mm-hmm. in, in some form. Um, I, I told you going into that third round, I almost just felt bad, man, for Kron. He just looked like a guy 
who didn't want to be in there anymore. He looked defeated. Uh, body language was really bad in between rounds. It seemed like he had no idea how to, you know, it just seemed like he was just taking damage. And, yeah, and you said it was shades of like Nick Diaz and Robbie Lawler. That's what it felt like, like, man. A, just, I mean, I don't, do you even want to be here? Like, yeah, are you okay? Yeah. Like, it was, it was almost tough to watch, man. And, and I just, I don't think Kron's a guy that would come back for money, but you know, because I mean, he's so high level in jujitsu. He could do seminars. I think he has a school in Montana. You know, he's got to be pretty okay with money. You would think, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Again, we talk about it all the time. I can't permit or pretend to know his financial situations here, but yeah, I mean, that just did not look like a guy that really wanted to be in there by the end. Yeah. And, and you don't know, like, how are you watching? I just don't know how you're watching your last fight and not saying, okay, how do I completely stay yeah. away from that? Because here's the thing. He didn't want to engage in the striking. Right. His take In the first round, his attempts to get to the ground was to put his hands at his ears and walk forward and eat everything. Yeah. And then eventually Damian Maya mentioned, hey, use that hook to get the hand closer so you can grab him. Yeah. He got the guard position three or four times and just couldn't do anything with it. But again, everybody's good. You said it too. Yeah. Everybody's a pretty much a black belt now. In in MMA grappling, it's when different. You're, when you're in the UFC, most of the time, I mean, I guess we just kind of talk about mobs are that's got some holes there to work on. So not everybody, but most people are really good, right, on the ground and and, and no understanding things. You just cannot be one dimensional in this sport anymore. Um, and so I guess shame on us for almost picking him for being a specialist in a sense, um, because everyone is so good now. Uh, but we're gonna. Well, I, I was gonna say is. And I said this to uh, to Brandon in the chat a little bit, but do you think there might be some form of like a Gracie ego of trying to just do it with jujitsu and not know. bring in wrestling I, and not you know maybe do a little bit of boxing but not enough to be effective? I don't know, but you know, and maybe there is some of that. But you know, you talk. We kind of talked about the fight week stuff on on the Friday show about you know again maybe we should have read more into Kron's kind of attitude towards mm-hmm. being body there, language body language. He just seemed angry. He didn't seem like a guy that was really thrilled to be back. You know, there was the question about fighting on the thirtieth year of the UFC's anniversary and being excited as a Gracie to you know still have mm-hmm. the Gracie name represented thirty years ago and nope, nope and <laughs> put the mic back down. So yeah, so. I don't even know where he stands, you know, on the family and stuff like that right yeah. now. But, uh, again, don't want to take away from Jordan. Called out Edson Barboza. I think that Oof. would be a fantastic, fun fight. Mm-hmm. Um, why not? Yeah, Sign no. Me uh, and, I mean, and if you're for Kron, you know, I'd, I'd like to say take some time to get better, but he just yeah. did that. So I, maybe you need to just kind of re reassess if you even want to do this because there's going to be some evolutions that need to be made, if so. Absolutely, John. Matt Frivola defeats Drew Dober via first-round knockout. I'm going to hit it. Yeah. What a shot. What a shot. Jeez. What a win for the steamroller. This fight, as advertised, and just when I thought I told you this when you got to my house, just when I thought uh, Drew Dober was settling in there with the tech, Frivola lands the big left, followed up with that F-bomb, massive baby. right hand, dropped Dover straight to his back. Uh, he, Dover did jump jump up, tried to protest, but he could barely stand up straight. Yeah. He was still wobbly. He's that type of guy too, though. Absolutely. No problem with the stoppage, though, for me. And what a win for Matt Frivola. Makes it three straight wins. Bang on going to be in the top 15 next week as well. Top 15 and then called out a guy who's not ranked, but he's the most famous guy in the division. Love that call out. Called out Patty Pimblett. Totally uh, absolutely sucks. There, yeah, there's nothing else to say. To me, that's the fight. It has to be. I know Dana said, you know, timelines, you know, Patty's injured, so timelines have to make sense. Um, but especially with Favola having a ranking now, it makes so much sense. We've talked about Patty mm-hmm. needs a ranked opponent next. Why not Favola? And I just want to say, it is important to remember, if you need to know how impressive this knockout is, go back and watch the Terrence McKinney-Drew Dober fight. 
uh, because mm-hmm. not many people are eating those punches from Terrence McKinney, and you know Dober did and found a way to still win. To me, that makes this win from Favola so much more impressive and shows how hard he really hit. So, oh yeah, Bobby Green put some big punches. Bobby Green, on him, he like survived Bobby Green's. Brad Riddell, he's fought some really hard hitters. Yes, absolutely. So that's all we got, John. I could keep going. There was like four more fights I would love to talk about, but we don't have the time. I have one quick last second shout out for Kennedy, dude. That yeah. standing guillotine. Kennedy and Jekyll. Wow. Yeah. yeah. He's going to be a player in the Good 205. Good luck at 205. Absolutely. We're already 50 minutes in. This is bad. We got to speed it up. We just love fighting, man. Uh, we do. We do. So, you know what? We're not, we're not going to rush it. Just just hang in there with us. We'll get there. Uh, John, update on the scores real quick. In first place, it's me. Of course, I'm pulling <laughs> away. 42 points, plus three for Bilal, plus three for Aljo. Called both those fights perfect. John, you are still in second with 30. You got one point for Jan Shaunown and one point for Aljo. Brandon is still in third, but not far off of you in second with 28. Mm-hmm. Got all three points there for uh, Jordan. I put Kron, but he yeah. got him for the for Jordan calling Jordan by decision. So we were both nervous two fights into that main card. Let's well, you get yeah, Brandon right <laughs> off the top there with three points. We we're like, oh boy, here we go. Brandon's yeah. back. Uh, so let's keep it moving, John. This mm-hmm. Saturday night, May 13th, from the Spectrum Center in Charlotte. Carolina. Oh, kind of, kind of, Charlotte. North Carolina. North Carolina. Gotta love it. The Jacare there. I think that's from the last time they were actually in Charlotte. Mm-hmm. <laughs> North Carolina. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it so crazy? Like, we're such MMA nerds. And, like, think, like how, how, often, how often in a month do you think we probably randomly just say, North Carolina? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's just like, that's what we do here on the Neon Belly uh. Podcast. Uh, but what a main card we have here. Start time of 3 p.m. Eastern oh, Standard Time. So it. keep that in mind. And this is going to be on ABC. So mm-hmm. anytime they put one on ABC you know it's a big fight night you know it's a big card and that's what we have here a ton of full fights also it will be on ESPN plus so don't worry if you don't have cable or whatever mm-hmm. um, but with that John set us up for our main event I All can't right. wait oh man uh, this fight was actually recently bumped up to the main event but in the main event we have number nine what was gonna be the main event uh, Walker and um, Smith Oh, so it passed Walker and Smith? They, for- they bumped oh, okay. Walker and Smith down for this. Okay, go ahead. Um, in our main event, we have number nine, Jarzinho Rosenstreich versus number 12, Jelton Almeida. Rosenstreich being a mainstay in the heavyweight division since 2019, coming off a victory over Chris Dacus in his last fight, but has only won two of his last five, but has wins over some of the best guys in the division. Meanwhile, Almeida, who started out as a light heavyweight, has, tr- has transitioned through catchweight and heavyweight fights to now not only be a ranked heavyweight, but also went from never fighting on a main card and his last fight actually being an early prelim fight to now being the main event. He's 18 and 2 and hasn't lost since 2018 and on those and he's on a 13 fight win streak. Oh, and by the way, all 13 of those fights are finishes. Yeah. Uh, this on paper is a striker versus grappler matchup as Rosenstrike will look to use his kickboxing acumen to stop the charging Almeida, while Jelton will look to use his takedowns and heavy top pressure to break down Rosenstrike and look for a finish. Absolutely, John. We're going right back to you. We got to keep it moving. Who are you taking and why? Jelton Almeida, baby. I'm on the train. Oh, I don't have it. Oh, Lonely look, heart. Look, I'm sitting here uh, I'm sitting here watching uh, Man United. Yeah, see, so you're <laughs> off the game. Yeah, look at me. I'm, uh, off, I'm off. I like Jelton Almeida. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. I gotta give it to you. As if John was gonna pick anybody. Come on, man! I I literally had that queued up, and then I realized the time, so I pulled up. Man, oh yeah, but he's he's so good, man. He's he's so athletic. Um, fighting at two hundred five previously, he's gonna be so fast. Yeah, and his takedowns are just like his his 
this uh shots are quick yeah and he does a really great job of just just pressuring people like i said he wants to get on top of rosen strike and if rosen strike can't stop that rosen strike isn't going to get up from that and that's how yeah. i feel he'll eventually find that um so i'm taking jelton almeida i will say a third round tko Alrighty, I'll be pretty straightforward with this one. Um, I think this is Almeida's coming out party and a fight. It's his fight to lose. Mm -hmm. um, it would be the biggest win of his UFC career. Um, it would propel him into the top 10. If you're a hardcore, you do know who Jelton Almeida right. is. Uh, but this is his chance to enter his name into contender status, in my opinion. I'm still not sure if I'm crazy about him being a heavyweight, but it seems to be what he's committing to. So I'm all for it. I don't, I don't know that it matters because he is so good. He's so athletic as well. Um, uh, I think he gets it done with the grappling, with his wrestling. You know, Biggie Boy is as dangerous a kickboxer, as you said, as you're mm -hmm. going to find in the UFC. Uh, but we just haven't seen his overall mixed martial arts uh, mixed martial arts game really evolve the way that you'd like to mm -hmm. see at this point, you know, especially with how long he's kind of been around at this point. And Almeida is just this new hybrid of fighters who's extremely well-rounded, extremely diverse. Uh, but his ability to take fights to the ground and finish is elite. And I mean yeah. elite, like right to the top of the UFC heavyweight division. What he elite. did to Shamil was like almost hard to watch as it got toward the end. Absolutely. It creates a tough matchup here, in my opinion, for Rosenstroik. I think Almeida will challenge for a title in the next calendar year um and this is where that run will start right here with rosenstroik this will be the one that people reference like oh yeah as soon as this one you know not mm -hmm. to say his wins before aren't uh, great but i'm just saying this is a bigger name for him uh so give me gelatin almeida i'm gonna say first round tko yeah. i think he's gonna get rosenstroik down and i think he finishes on him on the ground with strikes yeah and rosenstroik has been known to be tentative a lot recently yeah. too and you, if you wait you're gonna get. You're gonna end up on your back before you know. I it. just think when you get a taste of being held down like that, the way mm -hmm. that he, uh, who was Blades, held him down. I mean, mm -hmm. he did a good job a couple times in that fight getting back up, but it just it does play in your mind, especially when you know that you're just not on that level. I think he did move to American Top Team in his last uh, couple fights ago, maybe. Um, mm -hmm. So we'll see. You know, maybe some time under them could change and evolve. But I'm just saying to this point, just haven't seen his game progress. And his jujitsu like, is so good, and it's that's what I'm saying. He's just so elite that it's even gonna be hard for Biggie boy to catch up not saying again this is mma rosenstroy could always catch him on the way in but right. dude almeida you know you talk sometimes about guys taking naked shots right but almeida is one of those guys that can like shoot from halfway across the cage and it's so fast and it's so good he's uh, it's so clean yeah, yeah. That he, he can kind of make it work for himself so he does have to be careful you know you don't this is a big step up in terms of just the elite kickboxing but yeah mm -hmm. so take us to our co-main event john all right in our co-main we have number five anthony smith versus number seven johnny walker smith is coming off a unique situation where he was supposed to fight Jamal Hill, but with Prohoshka relinquishing his title from his injury, the UFC opted to give Hill the title shot to against Glover. To make things even more unique, Smith actually helped Hill train for his title fight, yeah. and after Hill won, he was very open and hoping for Smith to get a title shot against him soon. Smith coming off a loss for fellow title contender Magomed Ankalaev. His opponent, Johnny Walker, has worked his way from looking like a bust based on high potential, moving camps, refining his style, and now looks to break into the top five with a big win. After losing the current champ, Jamal Hill, he since went on to win two in a row with two finishes, most, re most recently beating Paul Craig. This matchup is for ownership of a top five ranking, in my opinion, as Walker looks to earn his spot in and Smith looks to cement his status. Absolutely. Kicking it right back to you. Who you taking? Oh, this was this is like the the potential of what Johnny yeah. Walker can do if he lands based on the consistency of what Anthony Smith yeah. brings to fights. Um, I feel like 
Anthony Smith has seen the most dangerous guys, and I think he yeah. can navigate this. So I'm going to take Anthony Smith. I'm going to say by decision because Johnny Walker is very tough, and I don't think Anthony Smith has the big power. And we haven't seen anybody like – I don't think we've seen anybody submit Johnny Walker um, I don't know. Or even just hold him there. He just kind of finds himself in trouble with yeah. cardio and stuff. But I think Anthony Smith, especially even training with Jamal Hill, like he's seen some big sure. explosive stuff. So I'm going to say Anthony Smith by decision. Yeah. You know, I said Friday, I think, you, I think you're sneaking in here in the pod room a little early and re- reading through <laughs> my notes because uh, you're, you're spot on here again. And you're only spot on because you agree with me and you say what I say. So <laughs> that's the only reason. Don't get too crazy. Yeah. I, I do think it's an interesting matchup, though. Um, Anthony Smith is, you know, he's kind of this old guard of the UFC light heavyweight division that's still around um, and still kind of gatekeeping the top of the division. I don't mean that in like a bad, you know, gatekeeper can kind of be, you know, um, uh, derogatory. I don't, I mean, not derogatory, but it's like, it shows like you're kind of like, that's your, your peak now, you know, but I mean that more in the sense of like a Justin Gaethje who we just saw beat Rafael Faizev, where it's like, even when guys get those fresh matchups, they can still find a way to stay at the top. So Mm -hmm. just to clarify, I'm not calling him a gatekeeper. Uh, but Walker is a guy who is super athletic, super strong, uh, super wild, crazy, and, and not in a bad way all the time. Um, but you always knew with Johnny Walker, if he could kind of put it all together, he could be a title contender. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that's where he, he we do see that. He is seeming to get better every time we see him. Um, but I am going to go with Anthony Smith here. And I think my main reason just comes down to durability. Johnny mm-hmm. Walker only has one UFC decision victory, and that was in his debut back in 2018. All the rest of his victories have been finishes, and most of them in round one. Smith mm-hmm. has never been finished in round one of any of his UFC fights. So if this goes long, uh, you have to wonder how Walker's cardio will hold up. As you mentioned, we've seen that look questionable at times. I think Smith also has the all-around better MMA game. Um, and if this does go late, I think he can kind of dictate where this fight goes. I think if it goes to round three, he takes Walker down. I think you have to... I think you just have to be a special talent to beat Lionheart. Um, we can give him the injury pass for the Magomed right uh, with the mm-hmm. foot in his last one. But outside of that, unless you see Walker in the category of a Glover Teixeira and Alexander Rakic, I don't just I don't see the win here for him right now. Mm-hmm. Could have elevated his game. We'll find out. But for what we know right now, I'm taking Anthony Smith. I'm going to say third round submission. Nice. Uh, and lastly, we're going to preview a great welterweight matchup as Daniel Rodriguez faces surging prospects Ian Machado Gary. D-Rod is coming off a loss to Neil Magny, but had run four in a row before that, while Ian is undefeated coming off a KO win over Song Kanan. This will be Gary's biggest test, and Rodriguez looks to remind people that he's still the warrior who beat Kevin Lee in the leech. This is a one-point picker, but yeah. man, I, I, this is I, I have like in my notes who I wrote to pick but i'm even still sitting here debating if i want to change but go ahead i'm gonna take ian gary man i feel like he's got himself in trouble in some of these fights and worked his way back yeah but i think there's something to that confidence and we've seen it with guys that just are able to really ride that out and um he just i feel like when he does connect he's very very strong with that and d-rod as, as good as he's been, he's I don't think he's had a performance that really put him on. And this could be that one. Yeah. But I do feel like Ian Gary has a really good chance here. So I'm going to take my one-pointer for Ian Gary. Yeah. Like I said, toughest fight for me to pick for by far. I have no idea why D-Rod is such an underdog. I think he's like a 2-1 to one underdog mm-hmm. or plus 200 last I seen on some. Um Maybe everybody's just kind of seeing something. I'm not with this fight. Uh, but I think D-Rod is a super live dog here. Mm-hmm. Um I think I, I, 
I am going to pick Machado Gary. That was my pick. Um, IMG, you know, baby. IMG. Yeah, I'm definitely gonna, I told John I was going to call him IMG because I can't <laughs> say Ian Machado Gary a million times. I think I will. Man, I don't know you picking that. Maybe I split it. But I, I'll stick with, with Ian IMG on this one. Uh, but if he stands with D-Rod for three rounds, I don't know if he gets it done like that. D-Rod has never been finished mm-hmm. by knockout or TKO. Um, he's only been submitted once in his uh, whole career. Uh, but I expect IMG to kind of pick it up. Up and kind of go to that next level, show a more well-rounded version of himself, um, and really lean into that Machado part of his last name there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, and I think when I was looking back at like the D Rod and uh, Leach fight, it was a close fight. Close there. fight. Yeah. A lot of people thought Leach won that one, yeah. but I think when you see, even when you see D Rod's wins, yeah. they're kind of almost unassuming. People didn't think he would win, and they sure. just kind of like, oh yeah, that's cool, D Rod. I, I think I just fear this is just a step too big right now for. Uh, Machado Gary but but we'll see I'll also say uh, if we didn't just see Ian Machado Gary I, I just want to say IMG I just it's, I just so, it's just a Ian or Gary. Uh, if we didn't see him dropped in that last time out and, and then come back to win I don't think I would pick him here yeah. but I like seeing guys overcome adversity like that in a fight like that you know where they get rocked and then come back are able to do that mm-hmm. um, especially coming into a fight like this with D-Rod who whatever D-Rod throws his way he's going to have to overcome because D-Rod's probably going to land big here yeah. so it's good to know he can overcome that that's all we got that's our picks john also on this card mckenzie dern versus angela hill great fight tim means versus alex morono matt brown versus court mcgee carlos carlos olberg versus ehor patera that's your and, boy from the draft yeah baby. and cody stamen versus douglas silva deandraj and so much more it's gonna be a good one don't miss it North don't Caroline. don't forget 3 p.m eastern standard time don't say we didn't tell you john let's get to the news going on the news mm. going on the news mm-hmm. if you don't like it brandon will punch you and give you a bruise. All right. UFC double champ Amanda Nunes will have a new opponent for a UFC 289 in Vancouver as Juliana Pena suffered a rib injury and had to pull out of the fight. Amanda will now be facing number five women bantamweight Irene Aldana. Before the announcement of the Pena Nunes three fight, there were rumors of Aldana being the next challenger. So now she's going to get her chance. Yeah. Um, I think it's a better fight. I mean, and, yeah. and that's not to say like, you know, I hate, I didn't necessarily hate the Juliana Pena thing. My thing, and I, and I, I think Juliana is still one of the best 135 pound women in the world. Um, I just was like, why do it again right now? I mean, mm-hmm. and, and you know, especially when you look at how hot Mexico is right now and these fighters with, um, uh, Alexa Grasso, uh, Grasso, Yair. Yair. I don't know why I lost his name there. Yair, Brandon Moreno. Right. Why not give another Mexican fighter a shot right now? And that's exactly what Irene Aldana is now has the opportunity to do. And boy, I'm going to tell you what you want to talk about. I mean, how does she not feed off the energy of her country mates yeah. here a little bit? You know, it's going to be interesting. Um, I'm really excited for that main event. Now, again, I would have been excited for Pena as well, but it's like, I just didn't feel like they needed to do it again right yeah. now. And, um, you know, she can fight the winner or whatever, however It, it felt like up. they were like, oh, Amanda, you, how many more do you got? Well, let's get this one in. Yeah. But yeah. I didn't, uh, seeing the face off, I, I kind of forget how big, big Aldina she's is. A big woman. She's yeah. the same size as Amanda. That's a, she that's might even interesting. Be a little longer, but yeah, yeah it's going to be an interesting matchup. Uh, after losing Jack Hermanson as an opponent, Brendan Allen now has a new dance partner for UFC Jacksonville as Bruno Silva steps in. Obviously not the step up in competition that Allen was hoping for in terms of rankings, but this is going to be a banger. Yeah. Who was it last week that I just said? I was like, how? Uh, who won last week and said they wanted uh, Sean Strickland? Who was that? Um, oh, I can't remember. 
I just felt like maybe that, oh, man, that's going to bug me. Well, Brennan Allen said he wanted Sean Strickland. Yeah, but somebody else, or no, there was a middleweight that won. Why is that leaving my head right now? Oh, well, it doesn't matter now. But nonetheless. Uh, Kyle. Kyle Bohalio. Yeah, that would have been a fire matchup. But maybe Kyle just couldn't turn it around that mm-hmm. quick. So, But yeah, that's all right. I mean, Bruno's, Bruno's still a dangerous guy on yeah. the feet, man. So it's not like it's a wash. People forget that he was eating stuff from Alex Pajeda. Yeah. Like, the, he's, he's not easy. Kind of took Pajeda to the limits there a little mm-hmm. bit. Yeah. Uh, staying in the middleweight division, it seems like they're gaining a new contender in the form of former light heavyweight contender, Paul Craig, as he announced on his podcast that he's moving down to 185. Am I tripping? Sorry, we'll come back to that. Am I tripping or did Kyle beat Bruno Silva? Is that what I'm... Did I forget that? No, he beat Mikael. Oh, that's right. Okay, okay. Sorry. Yep, go ahead, go good. ahead. Back but yeah, uh, Paul Craig moving down to 185. Love that move for Paul Craig. You know, he's going to be a big 85-er. You know, he said he did a test and he can make it. He's going to be massive. Um, My thing with Paul, though, wasn't, you know... I mean, only he knows the truth about, you know, the strength and, you know, mm-hmm. being with 205ers. But it's just like... you. Again, kind of getting back to Kron, you just can't go in there and rely on pulling guard. And, right. and I mean, he did make it work for a while, but once you kind of get caught out there a little bit, it's tough to to um, um, continue to do it once yeah. the book's kind of written or out there on you or the script, so to speak. But I love, you know, I love Paul Craig. He's like one of my, was one of my favorite 205ers. I'll be rooting for him at middleweight. So let's see. I, There's I, not a lot of high jujitsu guys. It's interesting. At it's, middleweight. It's an interesting, um, it's an interesting addition for sure. And I would just love to see the face off of like him and Hamza with the, <laughs> the paint and everything. Uh, Tony Ferguson, unfortunately was arrested on DUI charges yeah. in Los Angeles after flipping his truck over and hitting multiple cars. Luckily him or nobody else was injured, but yeah. hate to see that for somebody, especially for him yeah. who just has these, these uh, phases where he just kind of goes off the deep end. Yeah, it's too bad, man. I, you know, we'll never know what that guy battles in his head every day, but yeah, it's, it sucks to see it just like he keeps kind of finding himself in these situations and it's, yeah, it sucks. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris Cyborg resigns with Bellator in a multi-fight contract. She's our current featherweight champion and obviously she's been connected to a potential fight with Kayla Harrison. Yeah, Kayla Harrison, not happy about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it'll be interesting to see with that, but good for Chris Cyborg and good for Bellator. You know, yeah. she's kind of the face of, of, of on the highest level of their uh, female division. Sure. So, and she's a legend. So, yeah. One uh, FC made their USA, uh, US debut in Denver, Colorado. Yeah. Um, on Friday, as we talked about, we were watching it. Yeah. Um, some pretty good results. Uh, really good. I mean, so, so entertaining. Uh, Tyra Tolo defeating Rear Renier Deritter. Deritter. Renier Deritter. Renier Deritter. Um, my the font size just changes yeah, every color on my thing. By unanimous decision in their grappling match. Um, really good high level stuff. Mm-hmm. Sage Northcut uh, winning in twenty seconds by Hill Hook. Yeah. Uh, good to see him come back. Mikey Musamechi. Did I say that right? Close enough. Mike. I think it's Musamechi. 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 I don't know. Musamechi. Darth, Darth Rigatoni wins. Yeah, by, Darth, there you go. Darth Rigatoni. Uh, by submission, rear naked choke. Yeah. The guy's just still running the gauntlet over there. Yeah. Um, retains his flyweight title, I think. Yeah, flyweight, flyweight grappling, yep. uh, grappling title. Yep. Rod Tang winning by second round knockout oh, with the oh, elbow oh. after eating a spinning back fist. Yeah. Just like, okay, yeah. boom. Dude's and, a savage. And then uh, Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson winning, beating uh, Adriano Morais via unanimous decision. And to see that fight and realize that he was able to stand with Rod Tang after you see yeah. what Rod Tang does with it's people. crazy. Crazy. Uh, Mighty Mouse was asked about possibly retiring. Yeah. Wasn't very um, on either end. He kind of no, just seemed like he wasn't sure. And I give the fight. I think he's going to come back. Yeah. Yeah, I think he will. And they brought in his opponent for that, yeah. so there's always there. Yeah, great, 
great debut for one FC in America. I mean, the crowd in Denver. Crowd loved the grappling. Yeah, the Muay yeah, Thai. Craziest grappling crowd. I mean, you know, there's been some ADCC like when Haisam defeated, you know, Cyborg. That was like one of the like my phone speakers were cracking. Yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, I told you, I don't know if it's just like every one FC fan in America went to Denver for this, or yeah. if just Denver was just that on fire for one FC, but man, what a great uh, response there for, for one and their America debut. And I hope they continue to come back. I would love for him to, you know, get a little closer to us here in the Midwest to potentially be able to catch a show. Cause yeah, especially like the, you know, the tie and Dorinner match where it's like a lot of it was just hand fighting, you know, up against the cage. There wasn't a yeah. lot of much takedown and like actual grappling to it yeah. as far as on the ground. And they were loving it, man. And, and I mean, uh, Muay Thai and, and MMA gloves is just so fun man. to begin with. But who, that Simtex girl, is that her? Uh, 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 a stamp is her not, last name. Not Simtex. What am I thinking? Fairtex, I think. Fairtex, yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. I mean, she is a star, dude. Like, she's like, and for her to go out and do that in America, I think is just going to continue to, like, rise her stock as well. But, yeah, she's a star. Somebody tweeted, uh, UFC is scrambling to find two people to trade for her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to bring her over. Dude, probably. Um, uh, last little bit I got is Roy Nelson uh, wins his return fight in Gamebred Bare Knuckle MMA's first fight yeah. with a first-round TKO. Yeah. Um, there was a couple other former UFC guys. Yeah. Uh, uh, Chitty's brother Anthony Niajuani, he was on there. He lost. Um, there was a couple other guys. I didn't really know a lot of the names, but Roy Nelson, man, it's always fun seeing him. Yeah, and I wouldn't want to take that punch. Big that was, yeah, that was pretty nasty. Uh, and lastly, uh, Canelo Alvarez beats John Ryder unanimous decision, retaining his titles in his uh, first fight in his hometown, Guadalajara. 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 Okay, I was I was practicing a little bit, making sure <laughs> I got it. Um, and that's his hometown. Um, huge. Obviously, huge respect for him, and he had a huge uh, pop when he came yeah, out. Yeah, that walkout was crazy. Um, Canelo calling for a rematch against Bivol, who had defeated him May of last year. Um, but Bivol actually wants to go down to his weight class so he could try to fight for all his belts. Um, so that's always big. And then there was also some wrestling last night. Bad Bunny came out bad and did bunny. his thing, man. So. Bad Bunny. Dude, here's the thing about that, too, like with that Bad Bunny stuff. is like I don't think, you know, we kind of talked about I was like, people just have no idea how oh. big of a – star i think he's like the most streamed musician of like definitely right now yeah possibly of all time i mean huge all over the world so the fact that he continues to like show up and do wwe and he's really That's good what i read it was a really great match he's phenomenal and he's like into it man like really and and he gets it he he understands i mean he's he obviously was a fan of the promotion or not promotion but of you know of wwe professional wrestling but mm -hmm. he just gets it man and he's like i said easily could be a full-time superstar if he wanted to kind of like a logan paul but to have a star that big i mean it's just it's almost on he's the probably and, and most people in america won't understand this but probably the biggest celebrity to ever do professional wrestling dude he uh i don't know was donald trump on there he got stunner didn't dude, he? dude bad bad bunny's <laughs> definitely bigger than donald trump yeah do, i think bad bunny made like over a hundred million on his tour last year like the dude it's is insane. just humongous it's insane dude but i mean for wwe that's huge and now yeah. by proxy it's huge for the ufc because endeavor so yeah if, if you didn't even if you're not a pro wrestling fan fair go find the entrance video <sighs> of him walking out it's just goosebumps dude that's crazy the whole crowd man. yeah crazy john what's our song of the week for our song of the week i'm gonna go give up the funk by parliament we want the funk yeah and uh and in lieu of Aljo's big win. I love man. it. I love it. What is your one for the people? My one for the people is uh, on this day in 1995, Reggie Miller had the most clutch <laughs> performance in NBA playoff history, scoring eight points in nine seconds against the Knicks. Ugliest jump shot of the 
in the history of the NBA. Easily, but it goes. But it goes, yeah. It always wins. And I don't know if anybody's ever seen that clip, but this guy, like, hits a three, gets a steal, hits a three, knocks out two yeah. free throws in, like, nine seconds, dude. Craziest thing as a Pacer fan because we I'll, haven't won a I'll never forget, so. yeah, when I, when I was uh, – I was, you know, I I think the first time I went to New York City, I was in eighth grade or my, yeah, probably like eighth grade. Anyways, we get in a cab and, you know, the cab driver, super nice guy asks like where we were from. And we said Indiana and he, you know, he was like, he was four. I don't know, remember where he was from, but he's like, oh, Reggie Miller. Reggie Miller, like he got so <laughs> oh, mad. He's like, oh, like he didn't speak the most English, so there was like a lot of like his language mixed in with English. Mm-hmm. And you know, he was like, you know, going on. And then all of a sudden, he was just like, Knicks lose. Reggie Miller for three. You yeah, know, like, baby, the choke with uh, yeah. Spike Lee, man. It's, oh, dude, he did not like. <laughs> I don't even know if he ever goes to New York at this point. Like, yeah, he's probably not welcome. Uh, my one for the people. Another great carry by John this week. Got to give you your credit on this episode. Definitely uh, appreciate you continuing to step up each week and uh, do a lot of the leg work uh, with me being pulled in different directions, you know, getting ready for the um, uh, the kickback show took a lot. And then plus I had other, you know, adulting things going on mm-hmm. this week in life as well. So appreciate that. Um, I don't really have anything else, man. Just make sure you come back next Monday. We'll talk about this uh Rosenstreich versus Almeida. I didn't write. One of these days, I'm going to remember to consistently put in my notes uh, the next fight night, but I do know we have a fight night right around the corner. So yeah. come back. We'll give you our picks and predictions. Keep you up to date with all uh-huh. happenings. Uh-huh. See ya next Monday. Peace. Peace.